0: I think this is our eighth uh, lesson in uh, a course on Bibliology, and we've kind of turned the corner last week getting into looking at English translations, and I don't want to do much review, but I do want to get a little running start into where we are tonight we talked last time about the problem of translations, how it is a real project. You you take uh, language, phrases, uh, idioms of actually uh, thousands of years and you try to bring it up to a modern setting and... Uh, then the fact that uh, translators are imperfect men, and therefore translations are also imperfect, our inerrancy definition uh, applied to the original autographs, as you remember, and so we're we're looking at the best and the most popular of the English translations. Uh, last time we started with, which for many, many, many years was the most popular and the best known English translation of all, and that is the King James Version. And we got into the uh, pluses and minuses of of that uh, version. We got into when it came out, and some of the uh, problems, outdated language, archaic language is one of the main problems. King James has been around for uh, over 400 years. We got into a handful of the uh, uh, weaknesses, and we're not going to redo that, but. Did want to just bring up that we got into the King James last time. Also, the Revised Standard Version came out in the 40s. The Old Testament or the New Testament in the 40s. Old Testament came out in the 50s, and we saw that uh, there is a certain advantage here because they had uh, some newly discovered Greek manuscripts. It has clarity and dignity it is a fantastic uh, uh translation uh we did talk about a couple of uh, little things about it some of the liberal bias the uh translation was put out by the national council of churches basically sponsored by the united methodist uh yet yet you can be a uh Liberal and still put out a pretty good uh, work when it comes to uh, a translation. All has to do with uh, uh, verb tenses and just good, strong scholarship. Uh, We talked about the American Standard Version. Uh, This is really uh, a follow up of the English revised version. This came out in 1901. It's actually kind of intended to revise the uh, King James, bring it up to date. And we mentioned that the format and the print and the covers and binding and things like that are a little uh, uh, out of date. They, they, they just don't look that good. And I think that's why that this particular uh, translation has kind of fallen out of favor. And then we have the New American Standard Version. This is really one of the great English translations that we have. This uh, New Testament came out in 1960. The Old Testament came out in 1971. And this is a an attempt to bring the good features of the old ASV and to uh, bring it up to date. It's, it's very good on the Greek tenses, translated by good men who are evangelicals. It may very well be the very best New Testament translation. They have totally updated also this uh, translation in 1994 just a whole redo and I think that uh, may have helped it a little bit yeah a little bit they uh, they corrected uh, a few things they had some uh, uh, recent research on some uh, Greek manuscripts uh, the New Testament especially was revived some passages were update, updated and so a little bit of a redo just making it better the new american standard version is uh, probably considered the uh, number one english translation when it comes to accuracy and uh, they they wanted to take the original hebrew aramaic and greek and uh, say exactly the same thing in english so it's primarily a word-for-word translation. This is a translation I know a lot of people around here use. Anybody want to comment about uh, your own uh, experience with the uh, New American Standard? Any, anything on that? Uh, next is the uh, New English Bible. This is another one that uh, has been around a while. It kind of caught fire in the 60s and 70s. Uh, it was in every Christian bookstore. Kind of a big deal back then. But uh, you don't find them much anymore. Is that what's called the NET? Uh, no, no. Yeah, a little different. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into the, the that one here later. This is the New English Bible and uh, came out in uh, 1961, the New Testament, uh, the Old Testament in 1964. There was a new edition in 70, and I think there may have been some new things since. It's very easy to read. Uh, language is very popular. It's a new translation. This is not a revision of anything. And in some places it is uh, very, very good. In other places, uh, kind of a little too English, you might say. Uh, this new English Bible is exactly that. It's actually British. So let me uh, let me have a couple of you read a passage in uh, Matthew. Matthew. Chapter 6, verse 13. Matthew 6, 13. In my Bible it says, And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Somebody read that in another translation. translation. Okay. In the uh, New English Bible, it... Uh, Something to the effect of uh, don't uh, let us yield to temptation and don't bring us to the test. Don't bring us to the test. I think that's, uh, that's pretty good. It's real good. Over in Mark, we're going to just throw a few examples of this uh, version out, this translation Mark chapter twelve, verse fifteen. Mark twelve, fifteen. Whenever anyone gets that, go ahead and read it. King James. Go ahead. Shall we give or shall? Why? What, what was the question? Why test? Why test ye me? Why test ye me? Okay. Test, the word test kind of mm-hmm. a practice? Okay. Okay. This is Mark 12:15. Jesus here is talking to the Jewish leaders. Somebody read Mark 12:15 something else. Okay. Would you like to know what the New English Bible says? Why are you trying to catch me out? <laughs> catch me out. Hi. How are y'all? Good. Yeah. Catch me out. See, again, that's a, a British deal. That's it's the way they talk over there. So, and the New English says, why are you trying to catch me out? So. Well, how about this one, A S V is why make ye trial of me? And what's going on here is that the Pharisees are actually trying to do what they normally do with Jesus, trap him. So the deal is, why are you trying to trap me? And uh, the New English version uh, has that British way of doing it. Why are you trying to catch me out? Uh, First, yes, absolutely. Absolutely couple more here and then we'll move on first corinthians first corinthians uh, 16 first corinthians 16 8 first corinthians 16 verse 8 mine says in the meantime i will be staying here at ephesus until the festival of pentecost in the New English Bible, 1 Corinthians 16:8 says I will tarry until the feast of Whitsuntide. Whitsuntide. So, uh it is. it is. That is the British version. So, this is a British translation more or less. So, anyway, uh and then, <laughs> exactly, yeah, Whitson, W, uh, let me look at it, W-H-I-T-S-O-N, T-I-D-E, yeah, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians sixteen eight. let me do one more, this is of course uh major, we're just kind of covering how some of these other translations are so different than kind of what we're used to. A lot of us are used to King James. Some of us are used to the NIV. We all probably have kind of a favorite go-to translation. Uh, New American Standard is, of course, very, very popular here in this church. But this is the New English version, and we've already seen some things that I don't think we had ever seen before. And here's one even, uh, I'll use the word worse. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Genesis 11, 1. At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. Somebody uh, that has something different, uh, read Genesis 11 1. This now the whole earth and uh, the way most of these uh, translations are uh, sounding tonight. How about the New English Bible? Here it goes. Once upon a time... <laughs> Once upon a time, uh, it introduces something that sounds like a fairy tale, absolutely, so uh, I think most of us would find that kind of be a head scratcher and wondering you know couldn't they couldn't they do a little better than that and just one more we 're not going to turn over there, but uh, because this is mainly the uh, Uh, Glossah, tongues, over in 1 Corinthians 14, the New English Bible doesn't use the word tongues. It uses the word esthetic language. That was uh, 1 Corinthians 14. It's just every time you see the word tongues, the New English Bible says esthetic language. Language in some King James it'll say unknown tongue. both of those are bad. Uh, it's a known tongue, it's not an a static language, and so this is not what the Greek says It's not what the Greek means. so well, it's not a verse, it's just uh, everywhere you see the word tongues in uh, the Corinthian passages mainly. 1 Corinthians 14. So, again, we're looking at some of the the weaknesses of the New English Bible. Someone asked me last time, I think it was David, about the Amplified Bible. And I wanted to, to make sure that we at least said a word about the Amplified Bible. The Amplified Bible is not really a translation. It's really a source book uh this uh back in the day was a bestseller it's very helpful uh the new testament is very good and the old testament is not too bad but in the new the old testament was kind of produced hurriedly but this is really uh good if you understand the instructions and the instructions basically say, this is not a translation. Don't use it as a translation. It's primarily a source book, the Amplified Bible. All of these uh, translations so far have been uh, done by a committee of translators. That, that's a good thing. And I want to uh, switch gears for a second and go to a translation, basically a paraphrase that was put out by one man can you imagine can you imagine taking the taking the bible and translating it into the english language and you do that by yourself and that is exactly what kenneth taylor did you remember that name kenneth taylor that is the living bible absolutely the Living Bible, of course, back in the uh, early 70s, was just the thing. It was—I uh, remember in uh, in some churches. I was on staff at a at a church where every single person that joined our church would be given a Living Bible. You remember the that green cover? Remember that? And uh, everybody seem to, to have a living Bible. Very easy to read. You can't argue that. No one can misunderstand it. You can't argue that. It's actually a children's Bible. Kenneth Taylor had some children. He wanted to put a Bible in their language. And by the way, Kenneth Taylor was a good man. He was an evangelical uh, he had the right motive. One little problem about the Living Bible, and that is the accuracy has been sacrificed for popular language. That usually happens. You've got to get a balance, and I'm not for sure the balance is really here in the, uh, the Living Bible. It's not really good for serious Bible study, and it even has some uh, loose translation in some places, but uh, the Living Bible, once again, it's kind of made a comeback 15 years ago, maybe back in the 90s, and at the beginning of the 2000s, I think they've added some neat notes and, and a lot of study uh, things from some very good, solid evangelical scholars. And so they've, uh, they've tweaked it a little bit and it's on some shelves again and selling pretty good. Also, kind of like the Living Bible is the, uh, the Phillips. Uh, the Phillips is actually a New Testament. He's done some Old Testament, but I think it's mainly a New Testament Bible. It's a good paraphrase, easy to read. Phillips wanted to put a Bible in the language that the people could understand. He's done a great job. He's done done an outstanding job. A couple of, well, I'll throw out one not-so-good place where I think he missed it, and then one place where I think he just nailed it. And by the way that's kind of the way it is with translations they they just have some tremendous spots that you say that's better than any bible I've ever seen and very likely it is and then other places just a few pages over you read something and you say I that's about as bad as I've ever <laughs> I've ever seen and so that's probably true too in galatians Verse 6, Galatians 6, 9. My Bible says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. If we don't give up. That's kind of where I'm going with this. Somebody uh, read... Uh, another translation. Galatians 6, 9. Okay. That's uh, pretty good. Anybody else got anything they want to uh, read? Let me uh, read you the Phillips translation. It says, If we reap the harvest unless we throw in our hand... Unless we throw in our hand... Before we started tonight, I was telling Paul about this particular verse, and he told me that was a gambling term. I didn't know that. That's a poker term, Paul told me. But uh, here is an idiom from the gambling table that is put in this translation that is uh, probably, I think the word would be inappropriate, coming out of Paul's mouth, I don't. I don't think that's probably uh a, a good uh translation or a good uh, paraphrase. Paul didn't see anything wrong with it, but uh anyway we we visited on that for a minute. Romans twelve two. And of course, everybody knows Romans twelve one and two. Twelve, 1 and two you know brother and sister i plead with you to give your bodies to god because of all he has done for you let them be a living and holy sacrifice the kind he will find acceptable this is the true way of worship him but i want to really zero in on verse 2 don't copy now this is great this is tremendous don't copy the behavior and customs of this world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Someone read Romans twelve two. Do not be conformed. Super. Do not be configuring yourselves unto this age. Okay. The Phillips translation, which I happen to think, and I love the Phillips, by the way. I, that is the Bible I used to bring when uh, Bob would preach. And I, 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 for some reason, I got something else and started bringing it. But uh, for probably uh, 15, 18 years, I brought a Phillips New Testament. If he was preaching in the Old Testament, I'd try to find a something else but most of the time he was in the new testament i'd bring a phillips and uh and i I remember just underlining and making notes in that bible i still still have it and i uh always connect my old phillips with the old location uh, over on abrams uh those were those were some good days the Phillips translation Romans twelve two says, "Don't let the world squeeze you into its own mold." I love that. Phillips has all kinds of uh, other ways of uh, saying things, kind of like that all through, and uh, does a great job. Well, let's uh, let's get into a, a translation that has unseated the King James Version as the most popular English translation today. And it has been the most popular probably for 20, 25 years, since the, uh, oh, late 80s, early 90s, something like that. So what translation am I talking about? The NIV, absolutely. The NIV, it is the number one bestseller. You know, English uh, translations and Bibles, uh, this doesn't sound real spiritual, but the way a Bible, the way you determine the popularity of a Bible or the popularity of a translation is that right there. How many do they sell? How much money do they make? The uh a lot of them, Thomas Nelson. Oh, not all. Of them. And uh mm-hmm. no, I think Nelson is a big Bible publisher. And that's the thing. I'm not for sure there's anything wrong with that. My goodness. There's uh publishers, there's people involved in business that publish Bibles. Just like there are people involved in uh health care are you aware that doctors who want to help you make money too so hospitals that are there for your well-being there's still a hospital bill at uh, the end of the day but anyway my point is that uh, there is a business side of the christian book world Bible publishing, Christian bookstores, and things like that. So uh, there, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. Most people that are into that are are very good people. New International Version. The New Testament came out in 1973. The Old Testament came out a few years later done by evangelicals a good good committee of good warm-hearted evangelical scholars put this together it's very accurate and really really doesn't have a much of a weakness Uh, some people think it's not as smooth uh, doesn't read as smoothly as maybe some of the others but kind of back to the balance part you're going to sacrifice smooth or accuracy I mean which which one this really has become the standard translation of our day its uh, popularity has grown steadily through the years since it first came out it's now the number one translation english translation out there and it's just uh, it's wonderful that and the new american standard i think are probably as popular and the, the best two. i don't know if you do what i do a lot of times i just uh, always want to know what bible what translation uh, certain preachers are using and uh, i just kind of make a, a little mental note of that uh, when I hear a, a preacher, whether it be someone here or someone out, be in another church or something, or someone on television, and uh, there are one or two good preachers on television, by the way, so uh, when you hear someone on TV, I always want to know what they're uh, what they're using. Uh, there is another translation of one. Yes, sir. You Um, go right ahead. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah. Flesh. uh, Sometimes that has two or three other different connotations about it. And uh, maybe not as clear as as sin nature. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, flesh is more old-timey, it seems, and so, yeah, sin nature, and, you know, you just, you don't hear very much about the word sin. Mm. Well, I I think that, uh, I think either one of those are very good. Uh, Let's talk about the Williams Mm -hmm. translation this is a one-man translation again it's not really well known if you were to go in it's J.B. Williams and if you go into a Christian bookstore today and say I'd like to see the J.B. Williams translation they might not know what you're talking about it's not in a whole lot of bookstores much it's in those little mom-and-pop bookstores that uh, you don't drive by all the time. And uh, kind of like Virginia's bookstore, you remember that one? And uh, some of the others, there's one uh, over at, in Snyder Plaza, in close to SMU, what's the name of that? Logos, I think. And uh, But anyway, the, the smaller Christian bookstores that aren't the chain's, and some of the chains are good. I like Lifeway and a few of those. But uh, the uh, J.B. Williams translation's not not in a whole lot of Christian bookstores much. Very accurate in places. It's a great on the Greek tenses. Uh, again, the weakness is it's a single translator. Sometimes the bias of a single person kind of comes out it's safer usually to have a, a panel of translators and so that's mainly uh the issues with the uh, the williams uh, i think it's probably the same yeah i think so i think uh yeah charles i think is what that c stands for it's actually jcb williams and uh Sorry, I just didn't look up the, what those initials stood for. There's also a translation I'm not for sure how many of you know about. It's uh, just hardly talked about much. It's called the Wiest Expanded Translation. West, W-U-E-S-T. Uh, Apostrophe, yes, of course. Uh, Wiest, expanded translation, actually of the New Testament. And the intent is different here. This is really not for public reading. You wouldn't want to use this in a pulpit. Uh, It's not for that. It's not to preach through. So you wouldn't use it to get up and preach a sermon from. And it's very awkward in places. Wiest tries to give the Greek tenses the sense that they would have to those who understand Greek. That is really what this is. For example, over in, uh, somebody read uh, 1 John 1 1. Okay? Somebody have another? First John 1 John 1.1 Let me read this one. We proclaim to you the one who uh, exists from the beginning who we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. Now here's what uh, Weist has to say. That Which was from the beginning, which we have heard with the result that is ringing in our ears, which we have seen with the result that is still in our mind's eye. See, where did that come from? It came from the Greek. This is the perfect tense. And the perfect tense is simply action that happened in the past, with the result extending up to the present time. And so we we hear something way back, but what we heard is still being heard. Uh, I think you're right. We have heard, we have seen.
1: Is exactly yep. Same
0: thing. That's very good. Uh, Weast expanded translation of the New Testament is very accurate. Maybe be uh, as accurate as any of them. It's a great verse-by-verse study. Again, it's not a Bible you would want to read uh, publicly. Uh, it's not a Bible that you would want to preach from. Yeah, go ahead. That's good uh there's Moffitt's translation that's uh that's a fair translation we're not going to get into that Berkeley Berkeley translation that really doesn't have anything to do with uh University of California at Berkeley that would be a bad one if it if it <laughs> if it did but uh the Berkeley translation is kind of okay kind of fair there was one that was big deal when I was growing up in college, the Good News for Modern Man. Anybody remember that? Yeah, and of so course, <laughs> I, I think it came out in paper book, kind of had that little gray, yeah. gray cover, <laughs> and uh, really kind of like the Living Bible in some ways. The real, real conservatives really kind of hit it hard and gave it a hard time because it... Uh, it was just uh, a little too too many liberties really yes. and so i i even have a i have a book about the size of good news for modern man that talks about how bad it is so anyway it's uh, uh, they did they did yeah let's look at uh let's look at three more these are new ones pretty new and uh I'm I'm certainly not an expert on anything we've looked at hardly. I've got some information and put together uh a, a lot of stuff through the years on some of this, but uh these next three I just kind of uh put these together recently. This is the new English translation, the N E T finally completed in 2005 the new english translation not the uh, new english version but the new english translation is uh, kind of like the the new international version's kind of like the new jerusalem bible and the uh, new american bible it's a completely new translation not an update of anything there's not an older one around This is new, and this was undertaken by about 25 of uh, the very best Bible scholars. They worked uh, with uh, the very best available Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek text. This was uh, initially conceived in November 1995 in Philadelphia. And the translation project uh, originally started as an attempt to provide a digital version of uh, a modern English translation over the Internet. And so the Net Bible Project was commissioned to create a faithful translation that could be placed on the Internet, downloaded for free, and uh, used around the world for ministry. And so uh, it kind of has an interdenominational and evangelical flavor. And uh, I, think it's, uh, I think it's pretty good. Uh, it's really famous for the immense number of lengthy footnotes. It is uh, very good. At that, they even have now come out with both an English and a Chinese version, and the Chinese version is simply called the Chinese Net Bible. If you know some things about the uh New English translation uh feel free to to kind of jump in I've got a couple of little things here that I got, and I want to just kind of read them to you. It's kind of a little overview and uh, kind of a review of the New English translation. It says the NET Bible is a modern English version with over 60,000 footnotes that help explain the translation. It's a completely new way to approach translation that the translators themselves uh, justify the words they choose with careful explanation and provide uh, bibliographic, uh, linguistic, and textual support for the words. It's clear and accurate translation. It's modern English, contains, as I mentioned, 60,000 footnotes, and it is continuously being updated. It talks about the uh, extensive, uh, reliable notes. And uh, a member of the uh, translation uh, committee was uh, Wayne Grudem, who I think uh, most of us know who that is. Here's a quote of the, uh, the Net Bible. It says, The Net Bible is a Bible you can trust. The translation is clear, accurate, and powerful. They bring to the layman scholarly insights and discussions that have up till now been accessible only by those trained in the biblical languages. If you are serious about studying scripture, get a copy of the Net Bible. Chuck Swindoll said that. And uh, here's another quote from someone that endorses this Bible. Bringing instant access to the best research with just a few clicks. The Net Bible has truly brought a visionary form to a timeless function. It's a great step in the church's preparation for the next millennium. And Gene Getz said that. So the uh, Net Bible, pretty good. That's uh, some things that uh, we would have to say about that. How about the ESV, the English Standard Version? This is a study Bible. It was created to help people understand the Bible in a deeper way. It's one of the most comprehensive study Bibles Ever published. The ESV Study Bible features actually more than 2,700 pages of notes, Bible resources, full color maps, illustrations, charts, timelines, articles. Unbelievable. The ESV is, uh, this is a uh, quote from a guy who endorses this bible the esv is a dream come true for me uh, it provides the continuity and modern accuracy i long for now the scope and theological faithfulness of the esv study bible notes is breathtaking and that is a quote from john piper here's another quote this bible is outstanding. The ESV Study Bible is a treasure, a beautiful volume filled with a wealth of resources. It will be just as useful for the seminarian and longtime pastor as it will be accessible to the brand new Christian. And Al Moeller said that. And here is someone I believe who was on the uh, committee. He says this, I was privileged to act as general editor of the English Standard Version and now that I look back on what we did in producing that version, I find myself suspecting very strongly that this is the most important thing I have ever done for the kingdom. And now as theological editor of the ESV Study Bible, I believe that the work we have done together on this project has set an altogether new standard in study Bibles. J.I. Packer. Published, by the way, in 2008. So, good stuff. And let me uh, leave us with one more. The uh, Holman Christian Standard Bible. Bible. Modern English, translation, the uh, first full edition came out in 2004. The New Testament had previously been published in 1999. LifeWay uh, Christian Resource, uh, which is the publishing arm of the Southern Baptist Convention, is the group that... uh, put this together, they funded it, they published it, and uh, I think did a pretty good job. And let me just read you a couple of things. The translation philosophy reads, The Holman Bible Publishers assembled an international interdenominational team of 100 scholars and proofreaders, all of whom were committed to biblical inerrancy about that we're back to that word the translation committee sought to strike a balance between the two prevailing philosophies of bible translation formal equivalence meaning literal word for word or dynamic or functional the uh, functional equivalence is uh, thought for thought and so that's kind of the it's either word for word or thought for thought And according to the translators, the primary goal is to convey a sense of the original text with as much clarity as possible. To that end, the ancient source texts were scrutinized at every level to determine its original meaning and intention. And so this uh, this is very good. Some of the contributors, uh, by the way, to the Holman Bible, you might uh, recognize some names here, David Allen, big uh, contributor, he was at Criswell College for many, many years, grew up, I think, in, uh, well, in David, I'll come back to that if I can remember it, but uh, he is the uh, Dean of School of Theology at Southwestern Seminary uh, now, and just a solid guy, great guy. Craig Bloomberg, some of you know who that is, Ed Bloom, Zane Hodges. I'm not for sure, I've lost track of, of uh, Bloomberg too, I think he may be at Trinity or Somewhere, Ray Clendenin—he uh, is a Dallas Seminary guy and a tremendous, tremendous scholar, fantastic. And uh, Curtis Bond—he was at Southwestern for many, many years. These are just a handful of people uh, that uh, had something to do with uh, with this good, uh, good translation. So, okay, we've looked at, I don't even know how many uh, translations here over the last uh, couple of weeks, 15, 18, maybe 20, something like that, and uh, that kind of concludes our, uh, our study. We started way back when we got into the definition of inerrancy and uh, just tried to bring out that the Bible can be dependent upon. Uh, doesn't lead astray, doesn't have mistakes, and it's really all about the character of God. And so we got into what inerrancy means, what it doesn't mean, a lot of that. And I think that uh, those that was really the heart of the course. We've had a little fun the last couple of weeks with these English translations. We're out of time anyway, but that kind of in, concludes what we're uh, what we're doing here. So thanks for coming. Very much very nice. appreciate it.